Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour, this beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things today. As you know, uh, last um, Friday, uh, well, a week ago yesterday, um, the governor signed into law HB 280, which is the campus carry bill, and he also signed in HB 292 on Monday, which was the omnibus bill, which gave us several things that we wanted, and it was basically the 1060 bill from last year that he vetoed along with the campus carry bill from last year. But this year, he didn't veto the campus carry bill, as we predicted on this radio program that he would not. And uh, today, I have as my special guest, Luke Crawford, who is the statewide director for students for concealed carry on campus. And Luke has been working on this uh, issue for several years, because I know I've I've seen him at the Capitol, I guess we met three, four, five years ago on Sunny Dive, if I remember correctly, trying to get get people to sign uh, onto the the bill that we had back in, I think, 2012 is when we were doing that. And uh, Luke has spent an awful lot of time with students, with with us, with everybody he can to get campus carry passed. And so I thought after, uh, well, actually, we we scheduled this program a couple of weeks ago before he yeah, signed the bill because we were going to be prepared to either talk about the bad parts of him not signing yep. it or the good part that he did sign it. So he did sign it, and I'm assuming just uh, just a raw guess, throwing it out there, that you're happy with that. Absolutely. Um <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I've been involved uh, fighting for campus carry since 2012, and uh, so it's been a lot of hard work, long hours, a lot of stress and opposition, everything from getting uh, death threats in the mail mm-hmm. to issues with schools, and um, so it's, uh, it's nice to see that progress there. Well, welcome to the club. If you, uh, at the rate you're going, I can see in the future you may be a... Uh second amendment leader somewhere and you need to be used to those things because i get them all the time oh yeah nobody seems to want to like us except the ones that are that are far but we and they're not the ones that are going to throw out all these threats and tell you how stupid you are etc they're Mm -hmm. they're the nice guys and and there's you know it surprises me and in life when you go through and you talk to people about firearms second amendment i have a lot of friends that that don't want firearms don't have a firearm, not going to buy a firearm, but they'll stand there and tell you that I believe in the Second Amendment because that's your right. Absolutely. Just because I don't want one doesn't mean you shouldn't have one. And that's mm-hmm. the way everybody ought to feel as far as I'm concerned. You have free speech. You have the other Ten Amendments uh, in the Bill of Rights. So just because you don't exercise them doesn't mean that I should tell you you can't do it. Absolutely. We, um, I haven't met a few people just uh, that showed up to some of our meetings uh, when I was the campus leader at Kennesaw State University, Mm -hmm. and uh, there are multiple people I talked to who, um, specifically a lot of people that were involved with uh, Young Americans for Liberty -hmm. Liberty and some of the libertarian movements that came to our meetings, and they're like, you know, I don't own a gun, I'm not really comfortable around guns, maybe someday, not worried about it now, but I'm here to help y'all fight for your Second Amendment rights, because they believe 
in the freedom that we should be able to carry a gun on campus. I agree with that. And, and I run across a lot of people that way. And those are the kind of people that I like because you can talk to them. Absolutely. You can reason with them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, just because they don't like it, they're not wanting to get rid of it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think this is going to mean for the colleges and for the students and for people like me that just might happen to walk across the campus here in downtown and not know I'm on the campus? Um, honestly, I think, uh, so we've seen a lot of talk, you know, over the past few years, every time this bill comes up, people say, you know, it's the end of the world. Oh yeah. We're going to have, um, blood you know, in the streets, blood gonna, in the they're streets, go and, get their guns, come back in, shoot the professor because they got a bad grader. They disagreed exactly. with them in, in the uh, lecture. And specifically here in Georgia, one thing I like to point out is the bill y'all worked really hard to get through that involved church carry and what was, was yeah, that? that was HB 60 HB 60 right. and that was a bill that you know the guns everywhere oh, bill yeah. is what people called it and yeah. all these people said you know we're gonna have blood in the streets it's right. gonna be a disaster the and crime what if, rate's gonna go sky high yep. you know, and what have we seen police, you know we've seen nothing except the crime rate going down crime exactly. rate is lower right now in the city of Atlanta than it has been since 1996 Yep, exactly. And uh, so I think that's what we're going to see on college campuses. Um, and I think that your your average student isn't isn't even going to notice um, right. that it's going on because, uh, you know, people carry concealed. It's right. not a it's not something people are even going to notice. Yeah. And um, but I think we will see a reduction in crime because specifically at some of our urban campuses here like Georgia Tech and uh, Georgia State and SCAD and mm-hmm. a lot of these schools, you know, they've been plagued with very high crime rates over the years. Right. And my friends at Georgia Tech, you know, they talked about how it's like a weekly or biweekly basis that they're getting a text on their phone, you know, right. an alert from the school right. saying, hey, you know, someone was robbed here. Someone yeah. was this, that or the other. And, uh, you know, with this passing, I think criminals are going to take you know they're going to look at schools and be like eh, i don't know if that's worth yeah. worth going after anymore because the, those people might be carrying guns now yeah one of the statements that i made to uh, to somebody i might have been on facebook when I, I posted on there uh the thing that this does is it does it it does not allow the, the criminal anymore to look at a person in a particular place and know that he's disarmed exactly because now Maybe he's not disarmed, but yep. he's got to stop and think: Is mm-hmm. this guy armed? Am I taking absolutely? Am I taking a chance by by robbing this guy mm-hmm. or by doing whatever he wants to do to him? Yep. And I think that's a big thing. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about the uh, about a lot of the restrictions? We had to we had to agree to a lot more restrictions than we wanted. Yeah, it's but um, it is a foot in the door, and if you look, actually, most of the carry sh- campus you can carry on because most of it's open space anyway. Yep, and. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, there's the the bills the bill isn't perfect. I'd no. I'd love to see, you know, less restrictions, but like you said it's a foot in the door. And that's what I've explained to a lot of people um because you know, I've had people come up to me and they're like, you know, well why even bother with campus carry? What why not just get constitutional carry passed? And uh for those of us who have been involved a lot in politics, we realize that that's uh that's not quite how it works. Well, the constitutional and, carry is not constitutional carry. It's permitless carry. It's exactly. Safe. As somebody quoted me as saying the other day on Facebook, it's the save seven dollars a year bill. Yep, it's exactly absolutely. what it is because mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything. Because you still for have you. other restrictions. You on still it. have the same restrictions. And as we have said on this program, and Georgia Carey said for years. Doing away with a permit right now would hurt us. If we didn't have a permit, there would not be a campus carry right now. Absolutely. I agree. And and I want to do away with the permit. Don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me. I want to do that. But I want to get every place that we can carry legally yep. 
taken care of before we do that. No doubt about it. And it's just, you know, like I said, it's not constitutional carry. Constitutional carry to me says you don't need a permit and you don't have any restrictions. Yep, I agree. And there are still restrictions with this. And most states that do have constitutional carry, and that's one of the things a lot of people passed, and we're getting off of campus carry, but we, we're, we're discussing the whole whole gamut here. But most people don't realize that if you go to states that have constitutional carry, you don't need a permit. But there's not that many places you can carry. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, it's very restrictive. You know, and, and so we, we have, have uh, done away with that part of it. Now, um, some of the comments that we've heard, and actually we were discussing about one, one of them a while ago, what does a guy do with a gun if he can't take it into his dormitory? I think they're just going to do what they're currently doing with it. They're going to have to leave it in their car. That's correct. Nothing changes there. Um, you know, with uh, when when I was a student at Kennesaw State University, I was there um, over the age of 21 with a Georgia weapons license. And so <clears throat> I would leave my handgun in the car because I was not legally allowed to carry it on right. campus. And that was what I did then. That's what people are going to do now. That's correct. But and another thing that people say as well, the uh, – uh, car uh, burglars will go up. There'll be more cars broken into and guns stolen. We need to point out to those people that in 2010 we were allowed to have a gun on our car, in our car, on campus with a valid Georgia weapons license. But yep. you never saw the the increase in crime that everybody's yep. talking about. Absolutely. It I mean, it's happen. been it's been seven years now that people have been able to leave a gun in their car while you know right. go into class or on campus. Right. And in those seven years, the the statistics don't back up the statements we're seeing from yeah. well, they anti-second never, they, they never do. advocates. They never do, nope. and they're not going to. But uh, I just want to point that out that people that's one of the complaints against it is well, they have to leave them in the cars, and then we're going to have troubles and blah blah blah. Uh, not the case. Hasn't been the case, not going to be the case. The, in fact, the case is right now that if you have a firearm in your vehicle and you want to put it in your trunk, you can't do it if you're on campus. Yep. Not legally, because yeah. once you take it out of that car, you have you're violated the law. You're leaving the, the premises of your car. And, mm-hmm. and there was a, a young lady in uh, Columbus got arrested for that at a beauty school because she, she had a wreck or something on campus. Mm-hmm. She had a gun in her car and they had a uh, wrecker there to tow it away. And when she she got her gun and took it from that from her car to the car she was leaving in, and the, the they caught her I think on film and then kicked her out of school because she had it outside that car. Yeah. So you know people say well those things never happen, but that's that's not true. We all know they do happen. Yep. Um, and then I uh, there's, a, there's another story too that has to do with that that I want to discuss here when we come back from a from break. We're coming up on our uh, break where we get to pay for the show. Uh, I want to remind you to go to georgiacarry.org. It's our website. Uh, you can join. You can renew. You can see everything that we've done. You can see every bill that is still active in the legislature, and uh, you can click on and, and help. We need uh, we need members just to help us convince the people in the in the capital that we need these bills passed. Uh, you can follow us at Georgia Carry. I'm at Got Your Back 64. And you can go to Newstalk1160.com for a commercial-free podcast of this show. We'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here with... Uh, 
Luke Crawford, the statewide director for Students for Concealed Carry on campus, and we've had a lively discussion so far. We intend to have a little bit more. Before we left for the break, I said I'd tell you something else about the, the parking lot problem. In 2014, we, uh, when we successfully passed HB 60, we had another bill prior to that that was HB 875 that was was uh, pretty well killed in the Senate because they they just destroyed it, cut everything out, put in a substitute, and there was not much left when they got through with it. Yep. Uh, fortunately, we got everything back onto HB 60 and got that passed. But uh, during the hearings on HB 875 at that time, the, ca- uh, the chancellor of the University of Georgia system stood up and made a statement that right now they have a they have a policy that allows students to have their firearm in their car, and that has worked fine. And he did not want to go any further than that. Okay? Hmm. In 2010, he stood up and said, we don't want them to have a gun in their car because if they do, they'll get mad at a professor, and they'll go down, get in their car, come back, and shoot up the classroom. Hmm. So we went in, in just a couple of short years there from we don't want guns even in cars to, well, we've got a good policy. Mm-hmm. And that shows you some of the the uh, hypocrisy of people that are involved in trying to keep us from exercising our rights, no matter where we are. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, it's just not. Uh, to me, I thought it was kind of ironic when the same guy sat up there and said the same thing. One one was bad. A couple of years later, it was good because it was working yep. fine, mm-hmm. just like we told him it would work in the first place. Yep, lots uh, of backpedaling. That's correct. Now, uh, some of the other places we can't carry. What are your thoughts on those? Um, I mean, all ideally, I would like uh, us to be able to carry well, sure. everywhere. Sure, but, me too. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's it's just uh, we got the bill through, and we had to make some sacrifices to do that to get Governor Deal to sign it. Yes, and um, so you know, I think we just have to to deal with the various restrictions. Well, and, we do, uh, but people need to be aware of those restrictions. You know, for one thing, you can't carry to, to uh, spaces where sporting events are held. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been some. Some um, there've been some questions by a lot of people uh, writing articles. Of what what does that mean? Is that a building? Is that you know? Does that include the parking lots? Can you tailgate and drink, or can you tailgate in the parking lot with a firearm? Mm-hmm. You know those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, and to me, it's pretty simple. There's no sporting event held in the parking lot. Exactly. That's so my thoughts. You on can't it too. carry it into the to the stadium. To the you football stadium or the basketball, the basketball arena. Basketball stadium but. or the, f- or the baseball yep. stadium or to a track meet, you mm-hmm. know, or to gymnastic meet. Any of those things. Yep. That's where they're having the event, so you can't carry them in there. Mm-hmm. And those things we'll we'll have to deal with. One of the things that you said earlier about the the things that we had to agree to to, to give up mm-hmm. uh, to get the governor to sign the bill, uh, it's called incrementalism. Yep. That's how we lost our rights, and that's how we're having to gain them back. And if you don't understand the system right now, mm-hmm. you can't play in that, that arena. You're not going to get anything if you don't understand what's going on and how to use utilize the system and work through the system. And yep. you're not going to work through the system by strong-arming these people and tell them how you're never going to vote for them again. You're going to get them voted out of office and all those nasty things that people yep. say to people. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. But we can't carry to uh, to places where sporting events are, are held. Uh, we can't carry into dorms. We can't carry into daycare centers. Now, uh, I'm a little vague on this, but I, my understanding was from a, a survey that uh, that Lori Geary did after the governor 
vetoed last year's bill, eight, mm-hmm. B-859, I believe it was, that the majority of those daycare centers are in dormitory areas. Yep, that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm familiar with, too. The vast majority of daycares that I've seen on college campuses have been in, in dormitory In dormitory, areas. so they're already off limits Yep, for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's some that aren't. And I also understand that where the daycare centers are, that there's a guard door on most of them to where you can't go up and pick up the wrong child. That would, uh, I would, I mean, certainly expect that. I, I feel like that's a pretty common protocol of daycares on and off campus college campuses yeah they have you know a a secure measure where the kids can't just run off right they they need to know who's who's capable of picking them up and or who's allowed to pick them up and who can't pick them up so in that aspect we really didn't lose much as far Mm -hmm. as i'm concerned because we didn't have that we wouldn't have gotten that if if governor dill had signed it last year yep so that was to me was not a big uh big issue Mm -hmm. um Also, now, one of the things that could turn into an issue, and you probably got a little bit more experience with this, is uh, dual enrollment Mm -hmm. where high school students are. Yep. And that's uh, that's tough because there's uh, there's there's no real way as a college student walking into class to know, you know, are these students dual enrolled? Do I have dual enrolled students in my class? And, you know, there's uh, we at least still have a bit of confusion over. just how that whole dual enrollment thing is supposed to work. Um, because, you know, they, if, if they're in one class in a building, does that suddenly affect the whole building or just that classroom? And, um, my understanding is just a classroom, but that doesn't, that, that's that my understanding. Is not that's always, what we're thinking. That's but, not what all, what the judge always agrees yeah, with. That's what we're thinking. But the, uh, the legislation sure is, uh, can be confusing. Well, I read an article uh, earlier in the week that I thought was very interesting. Uh, one of the problems that they have uh, is the fact that you can't publicize who's in high school. You can't tell somebody that a high school student is there, yep. that somebody is a high school student. So how are you going to know exactly. whether there's a high school student in there or not? The way it's you know currently being handled, it sounds like you're not going to know until you're until getting you're arrested in yeah. or getting yeah, in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, however, at least uh, one thing, the first uh, offense is only the is, $25 yeah, fine. $20 fine, $25 fine, and you're not, you know, you, you, it's not a misdemeanor, so you don't, mm-hmm. you're not in a whole lot of trouble on that. Yep. Uh, but uh, if you can't tell anybody that there's a high school student in there, how can they arrest you for having a high school student in there? Exactly. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of a... It's, it's iffy. And, it's um, very so. iffy. And uh, I understand... Uh, I mean, we got the same thing with career, uh, the career academies. Mm-hmm. I don't really know too much about those other than what I've tried to read on the the internet. But my understanding is that those are high school students as well. Yeah, that's that's but what those, I've gathered. But those are mostly, uh, as I understand it, on technical colleges. Generally, that's from what I've gathered. They are, and, and also somebody did some uh, research for Georgia Carey that said that there were none in. Uh, UGA, Georgia State, Kennesaw, U, dual uh, dual enrollments or no, the, uh, the, the career academy, the career academy, Georgia yep. Tech. The, none of them were in the larger schools. Okay, which didn't affect that much. Now dual enrollment, yes, there is. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember specifically that. being in a uh, let's see, it was like sophomore junior level economics class. These two girls that sat in front of me, we, you know, I talked to them, got to know them, and it was like three months into the semester when we were talking about something and they're like, Oh yeah, we're both seniors in high school. 
Yeah. And, you know, I had no idea because yeah. that, you know, people can look all different ages. Oh, and, sure. You know, right. I was like, oh, wow, they're yeah. dual enrollment students. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that, that I referred to earlier uh, when we were talking about somebody on campus, uh, whether they're armed or not. You can't look at, a, at anybody nowadays hardly and tell how old they are. Mm-mm. There's just yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of, of girls that look a whole lot older than they are. There's an awful lot of girls that look a whole lot younger. There's an awful yep. lot of guys that look older and younger. Yeah, and absolutely. there's no way that you can actually look over there and say, well, I know that guy doesn't have a gun because he's not old enough to have one. Exactly. So you you have to be on your toes to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's one of the, the things that will be interesting to see how it plays out is mm-hmm. the dual enrollment. But uh, as um, now Mandy Ballinger did say on Sine Die when she was uh, when she presented the uh, when she presented the, the CCR conference committee report. That was something that was going to be decided by the Board of Regents. They were supposed to come up with a policy to handle all that, and uh, they would let them know by summertime or by the time it started so mm-hmm. that they knew what was going on. It's yep. going to be interesting to see how the, uh, how the each university and college or the, the Board of Regents wants to try to, to implement what they want to try to do to stop it. You know, yeah. There, there's, there's, in their on their side, they're more wanting to stop it instead of trying to work with it. But absolutely, the good thing about this now, there's other states that have have um, there's other states that have passed college uh, campus carry this year, and Ohio might as well not have done it because they gave the st- the schools the right to decide whether you're going to or not. If we yeah. did that in Georgia, we yeah. didn't need it; it mm-hmm. would have never happened. Yeah, here the the schools do not have now the the private schools do. We should point out that this is just for. Or public, public schools, schools not yeah. private schools, because mm-hmm. it did not affect them. That's something that will come back later, but that's something that we didn't want to sit there and get involved in the trenches with yep. at the same time, mm-hmm. because private property, public property is two different things, as you well know. Yep. And so, uh, like I said, we didn't do that at this time. Um, we will work on that later, and we'll work on some of the other things later to try to get those things passed. Uh, in the meantime, we're coming up to another break. Uh, in the show uh we've had a i'm here talking with luke crawford director state director of uh students for concealed Campi- carry on campus and uh who's kind of happy right now about <laughs> what's going on because he gets to carry another couple of months uh we want to remind you before we leave for the break go to georgiacarry.org you can sign up you can look through everything that we've ever done see what we've all, we've done every piece of paper we've ever lost that we've ever filed is on there uh, you can also get the free podcast at newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Our third segment here with uh, Luke Crawford, who is the uh, director for the Students for Concealed Carry on Campus and has been for some time, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. Next. I've been uh, been the state director now for almost two years. Okay. And before that, I was the, I guess, president or head of the Kennesaw State University chapter. Okay. you um, And you're currently enrolled? Yes, not at Kennesaw anymore, though. Where are you? Where are you? I'm doing online classes through Thomas Edison University. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you? 
What did you major in, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, business administration with kind of a, a focus in entrepreneurship. Okay, good enough. You should have, uh, you should have, let's say we need to have a class for future Second Amendment leaders. That's what we need. We need a degree in that because, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we get, we always get hit with is that is, this is an old white man's club. Mm-hmm. And to a degree it is because that's who you see. The younger folks, like as with almost any other movement or progression, they have jobs, they have work, they have mm-hmm. to go do th- other things. They don't have the time that some of the older people have, have who've gone through those steps in life to get yep. there. But uh, I would I would warn the uh, the antis that uh, you may see old men on the TV, old white men on TV, but there's an awful lot of other people behind that are not old, that are mm-hmm. not white, that are not men. Absolutely. And uh, I tell everybody that we're a cross-section of the population. Mm-hmm. If you look at our membership, we don't, we don't keep statistics on, on where you're from, who you are, what really. We don't care about mm-hmm. that. All we want to know is uh, whether or not you're a citizen of the United States and whether or not you support the Second Amendment. Yep. In fact, we are probably one of the only groups still left that you have to sign on the membership form that you are not a member of any organization that's trying to overfl- overthrow the United States of America. Now, used to, back 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you had to sign that almost everywhere you went. If you went to get a job, you had to sign it mm-hmm. for a lot of places. And people, of course, had to do away with that. We didn't do away with that. Hmm. If, you're, if you're somebody who wants to th- overthrow the government, we don't want you in here. Mm-hmm. We want somebody in here that's willing to stand up and fight for our rights. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're not going to take a whole lot from people, but we're not going to sit here and try to overthrow the government just because we want it another way. Absolutely. Now, we're, we will fight for our rights. Mm-hmm. And if that means fighting uh, in other ways than, than what we normally do, which is educate, legislate, and litigate, then mm-hmm. we would probably be, at least a lot of our members would probably be ready to do that, mm-hmm. or willing to do that. Maybe not ready, willing. Yep. Uh, I think that we've dodged a bullet uh, in uh, last November. Mm-hmm by having someone who would support or who will appoint uh, originalists to the Constitution or to the Supreme Court to keep our Constitution intact. I think that'll help us tremendously. And I think, uh, you know, there's a good chance, depending on how long uh, Trump is president, there's a good chance that he could appoint another two or three Mm -hmm. or possibly even more because nobody expected Scalia to kick the bucket. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Uh, if something happened, and a lot of the uh, the people on the Supreme Court are getting older, yep, so they are. Know, there's some that, mm-hmm. some that have <laughs> that have lived past yeah. their usefulness, but I, I probably shouldn't say that. That's uh, one thing you mentioned, though. Um, just talking about you know, kind of how Georgia Carey is fighting for our rights and that sort of thing. That's one thing that I'm uh, pretty proud of the Second Amendment community as a whole to see this past year is. Um, that our uh, students for concealed carry and Georgia carry, we are involved in uh, in ways that were actually beneficial to getting this bill passed because that's one thing that you know I've been asked before. They're like all these you know college students that are against it are out waving signs and protesting in the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, my response always to that is I'm like you know that doesn't work that well. No, and um, you know we spend a lot of time calling our representatives, senators. Right. And, um, and going down to the Capitol and meeting sure. with them or taking them out to lunch, whatever it yeah. might be. And um, so that's one thing that's been neat to see is the Second Amendment community 
has really uh really realized how how this works and done it in a very respectful yeah. and um in a manner that uh that just I think causes me to speak very highly of everyone involved. Yeah, we we have always done that in fact. We mm-hmm. we've stated from from the get-go that uh, if you are not on a first-name basis with your senator or representative, you haven't done your job. You Absolutely. need to know who that is. They need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Now, they may or may not be on our side. Yeah, and that's where my, uh, my, um, my state senator, we're on a first-name basis, and he doesn't necessarily – I don't – I think he respects me, but he was—he's uh, been one of the only Republican senators to vote no on campus carry for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And um, but we're still on a first name basis. Sure. He knows who I am, and I communicate with him. And um, you know, he—we uh, might not agree, but there's no reason that I have to be uh, attacking him all the time and no. calling for him well, to be fired. In reality, you know, there are other things that are, there's other things in legislation that are involved besides firearms and Absolutely. you may need him to to support one of your causes mm-hmm. and if it comes down to where he's really not one way or the other mm-hmm. then you're friends with him and he most of the time they'll vote with friends before they'll vote against a friend yep and if you've done your job he respects you or she or whoever respects you mm-hmm. and will listen to whatever you want to say and and that's the way it should be i mean yep. my my state senator we agreed a long time ago to disagree mm-hmm. on firearms. Yep. But then there are still other things that go on in, in my district yep. that I may call her on and say, you know, I'm for this or I'm against this or mm-hmm. whatever, and she may or may not listen. Yep. But I can assure you that if I sit there and, and badmouth her all the time, she wouldn't she wouldn't even take the call or take the, the email. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't mean a thing. Yep. So you got to treat the people with respect. And, uh, you know, when we first started – uh, we went down to the Capitol and, and looked out in meeting some, uh, well, Tim Bearden, who was a, a strong Second Amendment Second Amendment supporter. Uh, we also met John Douglas, who is a strong senator uh, on the Second Amendment. And they they got us a meeting with some other people who were strong supporters and discussed how we were going to get things done, how what we are going to have to do if we are going to get things done. Yep. And... Uh, one of the first things they said was something we said earlier. You didn't lose it all at once. You're not going to get it all at once. Mm-hmm. But you go down, you ask for everything you can get. You put it in the bill, yep. everything you want. And then when it comes through, you take what you got, and you come back next year, and you ask for the same thing again. Yep. Because one of the things that we have done, and, and I think this is also true with Campus Carry, one of the things that allowed us to, to get more and more or fewer and fewer restrictions, more and more places to carry, is the fact that each time, as we discussed earlier, about the blood in the streets and all, you know, Mm -hmm. the antis always come up with emotional things. They never come up with facts. They can't tell you Mm -hmm. this. And if if they do come up with facts, then it's really pretty easy to knock those facts down because they're really not facts. They're just a study that somebody did to make it kind of what I refer to as a political poll. Yep. You know, you want it to come out this way, and it's going to come it's out that do way. It. Yep. Uh, and uh, one of the things that has allowed us to move as, as far down the road as we have, I believe, in a shorter period of time, is that each time we pass a bill, we've shown them that we're adults, that mm-hmm. we are law-abiding citizens, and you don't see the things happening that everybody told us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can tell you that goes a long way. I've had I've had uh, some uh, representatives. And not the 
not the ones that that you would expect to be outspoken all the time uh, mm-hmm. for gun rights but i've had some people say you know the next time we have one of these hearings i'm going to ask them you know you said two years ago this was going to happen it hadn't happened mm-hmm. you know what's what's the matter what, what what was wrong with your predictions yeah and i think when when a lot of people start seeing that a lot of people who are in power to do something about it, then they, they sit back and they're more willing to allow us to to uh, have our rights restored quicker than mm-hmm. what uh, what we would because of the fact that we do honor the the law and we, we abide by the law, and it's a whole lot, whole lot nicer place to be because of us. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that would disagree with that, or that statement <laughs> right there. And I think our behavior after uh, an awful lot of bills that were passed has allowed it to, to do more. And and it, it it's been that way since day one. Mm-hmm. We like I said, we we were told uh, basically this is the way things work down here. If you want to do anything, that's what you got to do. And I don't particularly care for the system. I'm for changing the system. Mm-hmm. But this is the system we have. And if we want to change yep. the laws, if we want to change and and get and restore more of our rights, we have to go by the system that they have in place. Yep, that's true. Like it or not, mm-hmm. that's what we got to do. So, uh, uh, and I like it, by the way. I mean, I like the fact that we've been able to, to use the system to, or work the mm-hmm. system the way it's supposed to be worked. Yep. Uh, there's, and I've learned, I've learned a ton of things in the last nine years or so. Mm-hmm. I, I've never realized a lot of things and how, how things were done. And, you know, you, you read the books, uh, the history books and the, the civics books, at least when I was in high school, we taught civics. And uh, it says this is the way it works, et cetera. Well, yep. there's a lot of things they don't tell you in those books that you have to get out <laughs> and you have to bring the people to the Capitol and say, here, yep. let's do that. You start realizing that later. That's correct. Well, we are uh, coming up to another break. I'm here with uh, Luke Crawford, uh, State Director of Students for Concealed Carry on Campus. Uh, you can go back to our website, www.georgiacarry.org. Check us out. Join. Renew. You can follow us at georgiacarry.org or at Georgia Carey on Twitter. I'm at GotYourBack64 on Twitter, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to Georgia Carey. We're going to wrap up here in the next few minutes, and uh, we've had a good time so far. We want to talk about one of the things we didn't talk about is some of the places on campus that we know are going to be safer than what they were, other than just the general campus. And those are? Yeah, the library specifically, I think, is a big one. Um, Just, I believe it was two years ago. Uh, Georgia State had right. a series of armed robberies at their library. Inside their library. Inside the library, right. exactly. And um, so that's a place that will no longer be, you know, an easy easy picking grounds for criminals. Right. And uh, one one benefit with being able to carry in the libraries, you know, that's a space students often end up very late at night. Right. Um, I mean, I remember uh, times during finals week leaving the library at midnight or one in the morning and there still being, you know, hundreds of people in there right. at such a late hour. But also being there sometimes on some weeknights late at night and, um, you know, the library being completely empty. Right. And there might be, you know, one employee and one security guard down on the bottom floor. And, uh, you know, you're up there on the fifth floor and there's nobody nobody to be seen. Right. 
And so uh, that well, that'll definitely be, be right. nice. And also, when you leave the library at night, you've got to walk across campus. You got to go exactly back to your dorm. You got to go to your vehicle. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people, like here in the suburban areas, would walk from the campus to their apartment, which yep. is off campus. Mm-hmm. And of course, the minute they stepped across the property line, they'd be breaking the law. Now, when they leave the campus or the library at night, if they go off campus or if they go to the car, they're not as apt to be attacked between those two places. Yep. And I think that's a big thing. I've also talked to a lot of uh, nursing students, and most of these that I've talked to are older ladies who have raised their children. Their children are in high school maybe and and maybe even left the nest, Mm -hmm. and they're still young, and they go back for a career in nursing, and most of those wind up going at night. Yeah. And I've had a lot of women tell me that walking across the parking lot from their classroom to their car late at night in the dark parking lots that are not lit up as much as they should be. Not at all. Uh, and that, they were always concerned about walking across that parking lot. And, yep. and of course, there's big high bushes around it as well that mm-hmm. somebody could sneak into and, and jump out and grab somebody before you knew what was going on. Yep. Now and they at least have a defense. <laughs> and, again, the criminal has to stop and think about it before he does it. This, yep, absolutely. And... um yeah, I mean, you look at the size of a lot of our college campuses here in Georgia. That's what, you know, I went to Kennesaw State, which was a large campus. But then you get into, you know, some schools like UGA mm-hmm. that are so large and spread out. Right. You know, there's there's the the police force there is spread very thin. You know, they can't keep, keep an eye on everywhere at once. They can't even, keep, you know, they don't even have cameras keeping an eye on everywhere at once. Right. And, um so you know those those late night walks walks home from the library can uh, definitely be scary. Yeah, those uh, there's no police department anywhere that can be everywhere. No, nope. although you've been, well, we got the police to protect us. Well, we we've got the police to protect us if they're standing right in front of us when something happens. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they come to the scene of the crime and try to figure out what happened, either clean it up or or whatever. Exactly. And and that I think that to me is one of the big reasons. Uh, or one of the big benefits that we're going to see from campus carry is people who are studying late at night mm-hmm. having to walk across the parking lot or having to walk back to wherever they were. they got to go outside, and very rarely mm-hmm. do they walk through another door and go towards their dorm. Yep. You know, because it, the buildings are not connected together by corridors. Mm-mm. They're connected by sidewalk, which means yep. you've got to go outside. And if it's late at night and it's dark. And, and you know, the, the other thing that kind of kind of uh, has always uh, – Kind of, I've always thought it's kind of ironic is the fact that every year we, you know, what we've gone through with keeping up with statistics over here on Georgia Tech. Oh yeah. At, at, at in 2012, I believe that was the the uh, was about the tenth most dangerous university campus in the country according to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And every year, they would say the same thing. Well, we're going to install more cameras. We're going to get more police. We're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have more uh, restricted access to places and what happened the next yep. year. They're right back up there. Yep. And yeah. I know a lot of police officers that work over there at Georgia Tech and they're, you know, they're great. We love our law sure. enforcement, but they, they can't just be, they, they can't handle it. They no. can't be everywhere at once. It's it's not a it's not humanly possible. Well, when you look at at, uh, at these colleges, especially in the suburban areas, the population of that college is is that of a, a fairly good sized town in most uh, mm-hmm. states. Yep. So you've got to have a pretty good police force, number one, to do that. They've got to be trained, but they can't be everywhere at once. You know, we have seemed we've seemed to uh, at least a lot of the progressive want to put their their safety in somebody else's hands. I don't want to do mm-hmm. that. I want to be able to to protect myself if it's necessary. 
Yep, absolutely. The personal responsibility is important. Yep, I agree with that. Um, tell us a little bit about Luke. How did you, uh, where are you from? How did you get into to being a Second Amendment supporter? Or, you know, who who taught you how to shoot? <laughs> who brought you down this, yeah. this pathway? So, my, um, <laughs> so I, uh, I attribute my involvement in politics as a whole. I've, I've loved politics since an early early age, really everything about politics and law and that sort of thing. Um, I was reading, you know, John Grisham books when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was homeschooled through eighth grade. And, uh, well, I grew up in the Peachtree Corners, Norcross area, so just north of Atlanta. Um, but my mom homeschooled myself and my three younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So uh, props to her for being able to, to do that. I'd have and, to agree uh, with that. <laughs> and while being homeschooled, I got involved with an organization called Teen Pack. And uh, what that organization did, and it um, it took uh, high or middle school um, and high school homeschool students, and it brought them down to their state capital for four days to basically learn about the legislative progress mm-hmm. process and how it works. So everything mm-hmm. from you know bills and you know basically what it all means. And uh, at the same time, they would bring in various people to come speak to us, you know, senators and representatives. And that's what really sparked my interest in politics. And that organization was actually founded here in Georgia by Tim Eccles, who is our current yeah. public service commissioner. Yeah, I didn't and, realize um, that. Yep. So he's, uh, he, he stepped away from Teen Pack to move into the um, in a, an elective office. Right. But um, yeah, so that was really what kind of kicked off my interest in politics and i worked on various political campaigns um in middle school and high school and um i worked on sunny Purdue's campaign right. and i'm 23 years old yeah. so that kind of gives you an idea of how long how long i've right. been involved in it right and um so that kind of piqued all my interest in politics and um i was always interested in kind of the outdoors and firearms i'm an eagle scout i was in boy scouts and that was where i really got to start shooting some guns was at summer camp and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But my, um, my dad and my grandparents, none of them were into firearms or hunting. And so my cousin, Terrell, who's up in, uh, Tacoa, he, um, I kept begging him to take me hunting and he would take me hunting. He's about 10 years older than me. So I started to get in, getting to do some hunting with Terrell. And, um, that just kind of caused me to, uh, to have more interest in firearms. Mm-hmm. So, um, Eventually, I got a uh, my dad got me a twenty two rifle for my birthday, and um, things kept growing from there. I got into competitive handgun shooting when I was about sixteen or seventeen. I got involved with a uh, organization, really, what started the competitive shooting called GADPA, which is the Greater um, American Defense Pistol Association, right. which is founded founded right. here in Atlanta. And um, I got started in that, and some older guys. Uh, I mean, I was a, a young kid. I couldn't even. I had to get my dad to bring me because I couldn't drive. And uh, they kind of took me under their wing, helped teach me to shoot. And um, then I got into shooting three gun and long range rifle competitions. And kind of my um, since I've always loved politics, it only made sense that I love guns. Why not merge the two? Right. And so um, it was really in uh, 2012 when I first started at Kennesaw State, I was like, well, I want to get involved in politics, and there's no campus carry chapter here, so let's start one. So Good. I actually uh, I filed the paperwork to start a campus carry chapter at KSU um, before the uh, before I was even had even started school there, and uh, we got that chapter opened up, and it grew very fast, and uh, 
that was that was great. So that's kind of the backstory of how mm. how I ended up where I am. You just uh, became addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And even with um, that's one thing you know. Even with campus carry passing and my eventual graduation from college. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I love politics way too right. much to leave them behind. And uh, Students for Concealed Carry is still going to be here, you know, next year and for years sure. to come, working um, to further uh, to to grow that amount of freedom we have on campus. Good. And once I graduate, uh, we'll we'll see where I end up or what I'm involved with. But I'll I'll definitely still be around the Capitol. Well, one of the things that you learned too during all that was that that the Second Amendment didn't have anything to do with hunting. Nope, <clears throat> not at all. Not at all. Doesn't say a word about hanging in there. Yep. It has more to do with the First Amendment than anything else. Oh, yeah. Well, it has more to do with all the amendments yep. than anything else. Mm-hmm. That without the Second Amendment, we wouldn't have any other amendments. Absolutely. I, and no I, way and, to protect and I don't them. understand why people don't understand in Bloomberg's group that if they remove our Second Amendment rights, what's it going to do? What, what's next? Mm-hmm. First Amendment? Exactly. Fourth Amendment? Mm-hmm. They will fall. I yeah. will assure you of that. Uh, well, we're getting getting ready to leave this program here. We're coming down to the end of it. I've had a very good time. Say hi to your mother and daddy. <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Y'all <laughs> they, enjoy. They, he said earlier they like to listen to him, so I want to make sure they, they uh, heard him say, hey, mom and dad, on the radio. At any rate, uh, I've had a good time here with Luke. We're not sure who we're going to have on the program next week. I want to remind you to go to georgiacarry.org, sign up, renew, etc. Follow us at georgiacarry. I'm at GotYourBack64 on Twitter. You can get the commercial-free podcast from Newstalk1160.com. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.